السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين وخاتم النبيين محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ما بعد فعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد Respected listeners, we continue with the topic of the traits of hypocrisy, especially by or from studying the verses of the Holy Quran. Last week I began commenting on the earliest verses of the Holy Quran right at the beginning, which deal with the topic of the hypocrites in Al-Madinat Al-Munawwara. Just to recap the three, four verses that we did, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَنْ يَقُولُ آمَنَّا بِاللَّهِ وَبِالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ وَمَا هُمْ بِمُؤْمِنِينَ يُخَادِعُونَ اللَّهُ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَمَا يَخْدَعُونَ إِلَّا أَنفُسَهُمْ وَمَا يَشْعُرُونَ في قلوبهم مرض فزادهم الله مرضا ولهم عذاب أليم بما كانوا يكذبون Of the people and of the people there are those who say we have believed in Allah and in the final day and they are not believers they attempt to deceive Allah and those who have believed and yet they do not deceive anyone but themselves. And they don't even realize. In their hearts is a sickness. So Allah increased them in sickness. And for them is a painful punishment because they would lie. I covered these verses in some detail. And we were actually in the middle of discussing the next verse, in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمْ لَا تُفْسِدُوا فِي الْأَرْضِ قَالُوا إِنَّمَا نَحْنُ مُسْلِحُونَ And when it is said to them, do not spread corruption on earth. Do not be corrupt on earth. They reply by saying, but... We are only reformers. We are only reformers. So I was commenting on this verse. Before I continue, um, I'd like to mention a few things which I didn't last week. And these details are important to understand the context of these verses. First of all, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is speaking in these verses, primarily 
about those hypocrites who were in the city of Medina during the time of the Prophet So this is actually primarily a description of those. But there are lessons for us to learn. That if these are the, the characteristics and the behaviours and traits and the habits of those hypocrites, then these are the very things that we need to be wary of and that we need to ensure that we refrain from. Another thing is, although I keep on saying these are the traits of hypocrisy, it doesn't necessarily mean that anyone who is guilty of any one of these sins, any one of these misdeeds, automatically becomes a hypocrite or should be regarded as a hypocrite. So lying is probably the most famous trait of hypocrisy. But it doesn't mean everyone who lies instantly becomes a hypocrite. Deception is a trait of hypocrisy. It doesn't mean that if someone commits the sin of deception, they automatically become a munafiq. No. But we have been warned by Allah and His Rasul وسلم, that these are the characteristics and traits of hypocrisy. Furthermore, no one has the knowledge and the ability to actually label anyone a hypocrite. Because hypocrisy is about conflict between the interior and the exterior. A mismatch. And the ultimate hypocrisy is about disbelief in heart, but belief on the tip of the tongue. So how can anyone know the secrets of the heart? Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. So although people like to taunt each other and in anger, in argument, people often accuse one another of being hypocrites. But ultimately, true hypocrisy only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows because only he is aware of the secrets of the heart. So formally, you can't label anyone a munafiq because that's to suggest that you know the state of their heart. It doesn't mean you can't use the word hypocrites at all because if hypocrisy is being used to define and denote a mismatch between words and deeds. So if someone keeps on saying, I promise I will do this, and they never do it. And there's no valid excuse. And someone then says, well, you're a hypocrite for saying you will do it, but you're never doing it. Because the person isn't referring to the greater hypocrisy, which is disbelief in heart, but rather is using harsh words to point out a mismatch and incongruity between the claims and words and verbal promises of this person and their actual deeds, then this is slightly different to the charge of great hypocrisy, which only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. 
So in any case, this clarification is important that if anyone is guilty of any of these sins, it doesn't automatically render, render them a munafiq. And nor should we say that of anyone. But Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam's warnings are there. And as I explained in great detail last week, the warning is that if you persist with these sins, because these are the traits of hypocrisy, how do you know that they won't push you into the realm of true hypocrisy with Allah? You won't know, others won't know, the creation won't know, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. And we will only realize in the akhirah. We may continue to live, talk, dress as believers, but only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows our true consequence and final destiny. So, to continue with the commentary of this verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمْ لَا تُفْسِدُوا فِي الْأَرْضِ قَالُوا إِنَّمَا نَحْنُ مُسْلِحُونَ And remember, Allah is speaking specifically and primarily about the hypocrites and the munafiqoon in Al-Madinatul Munawwarah. So one of their other traits was, what they would do, they would do quite a few things. So Allah says of them that when they would be advised by fellow, by Muslims, by believers, or sometimes even by family members, and when it was said to them, لَا تُفْسِدُوا فِي الْأَرْضِ Do not make mischief on earth, do not spread corruption, do not create corruption on earth. So, I began last week by explaining, before we actually ran out of time, that what's meant by corruption here, what's meant by the word facade in this context? Well, facade means corruption, and corruption can be of many forms. You can have the corruption of morals, the corruption of decency, the corruption of deeds, the corruption of speech, the corruption of power and influence, the corruption of wealth. All of this is included, and the hypocrites would do a lot. Sins, of course, they faked belief. They faked piety. So as soon as they would find an opportunity, when they wouldn't have to keep up an appearance, keep up pretenses, maintain that mask and that facade, then they would regress into their original behavior of sin, of corruption, of iniquity, of whatever form. So they were guilty of many sins because their claim of faith and their piety was all fake. So let me comment on this aspect first. Corruption, i.e. in sin. So when it was said to them, do not make mischief, do not create corruption, i.e. do not commit sins. Because sins are part of corruption. Sins cause corruption. Sins spread corruption. When people commit some sins, Though the harms and the consequences, the ill consequences of those sins 
are not restricted to the individual, but they spread and they extend to others, friends, family. And at times, the corruption of people's sins affects everyone. Allah says in, in the Quran, ظهر الفساد في البر والبحر بما كسبت أيدي الناس Fasad, corruption has appeared on the land and in the sea as a result of the deeds that people have committed. So what people do causes and creates corruption to appear even in in the sea, even in the land and in the sea, by the very words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the harms, the ill consequences of sins extend to family, humans, animals, society, nature, land and sea. So when it was said to the hypocrites, do not commit sins, their reply was, What, us commit sins? No, in fact, we are good. We are good. We are good people. We are the reformers. We are the reformists. We are the ones who are actually doing good. So this is one of the most infamous characteristics of the original hypocrites, and there's a danger if we follow suit. If we are ever told, if we are guilty of wrongdoing, and this is where I more or less left off last week, we all make mistakes. <clears throat> In a hadith, كل بني آدم خطاء وخير الخطائين التوابون. Every child of Adam, all the children of Adam, all the children of Adam, meaning every single one of them, is a sinner. And khattah means excessive sinner, it's a superlative. It's not khatit, meaning someone who makes mistakes. Khattah, superlative, is an excessive, frequent, incessant Wrongdoer and sinner. That's true of every human being. We make mistakes all the time. And the best of the sinners are those who turn to Allah in repentance. That's human nature. We make mistakes. We sin. We do wrong. We are not for perfect. We are far from perfect. Every single one of us. But what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves in his creation are those who though they make mistakes are humbled by their mistakes. Who though they frequently fall into wrong they instantly and immediately come to realization. As Allah says in the verse, 
that when they ظلموا أنفسهم when they have wronged their own souls because when a person commits a sin yes, the corruption, the harm, the ill consequence affects everything but ultimately they do not harm anyone more than they harm themselves so when they wrong themselves what happens to them? ذكروا الله فاستغفروا لذنوبهم ومن يغفر الذنوب إلا الله that when they do wrong, they remember Allah. And then they seek forgiveness for their sins. And who forgives sins other than Allah? And nor are they persistent in what they do. The meaning of persistence is someone makes a mistake. Now when I'm talking about mistakes and sins, I mean across the spectrum. So, even mistakes that aren't sins. So when someone makes a mistake, and they are then told, or they realize, and it's made clear to them. So now they do realize, what do they do? They apologize. They make it clear that they won't repeat that mistake. And they genuinely come to a realization. They seek forgiveness from the creation, they seek forgiveness from the creator. At times they may inadvertently, without realizing, make the same mistake again. But they don't do it deliberately. They don't do it with persistence. And it may take... I'm talking about minor mistakes here. I'm not talking about sins. And it may take a bit of time for them to get rid of that bad habit. And if the mistakes are major mistakes, i.e. sins, and they don't just affect a person's relationship with the creation, but rather Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then again, Allah says... What happens? They come to a realization, they seek Allah's forgiveness, they do tawbah, they do istighfar. And then, walam yusirru ala ma fa'lu. They do not persist in such behavior. Wahum ya'lamun whilst knowing. They don't knowingly persist in such behavior. This is why repentance, as many are, Realization, regrets, remorse, refraining, resolve, never to return and to repeat, return to and repeat that same mistake. Without all these R's of true, genuine remorse and regret for the past, refraining from that same behavior immediately, and without a real resolve never to return to such behavior, never to repeat it in the future, and without realization, without these things, that person's dawbah is insincere, incomplete, and irrelevant. And without that realization, without that genuine remorse, 
and without refraining from that sin, a person will continue to do that same thing repeatedly, again and again. That's the israr that Allah refers to, that they knowingly remain persistent in that sin. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only accepts the tawbah of such people who are sincere in their repentance. Otherwise, without the prerequisites of genuine true repentance, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala won't forgive that person. And this, this is why there's a common misunderstanding. People think that there are certain things which forgive sins. Hajj forgives all sins. Hajj forgives minor sins, not major sins. Salah forgives sins, minor sins, not major sins. Every major sin has to be repented for individually. Why? Hajj may forgive mistakes and sins between a person and Allah. But they don't forfeit the rights of others. So if someone has taken money from someone and still owes them money, they can perform 40 hajj every single year for 40 years. But at the end of 40 years, they still owe someone that same amount of money and they won't be forgiven for it. Surprisingly, some people do actually believe that hajj sheds everything, including loans and debts. And another common mistake is, for instance, Islam forgives everything. If a person embraces Islam, it forgives everything. However, if they persist in wrong behavior, If they persist with the same sins and the same wrongful behavior that they were responsible for before Islam, the words of the Hadith are, they will actually be held to account for whatever happened in the past as well as now. It's not a game whereby someone thinks that, oh, I did something wrong, fine, let me start again. Do something wrong again? Fine, let me start again. It's not a game. We can't keep on resetting, rebooting, restarting. And cleaning out the cache of sins. No. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will seize a person and hold them to account and make them answer for and hold them responsible for every single instance of that sin, regardless of when it was committed, if the person's repentance is not sincere. So, going back to the verse, when someone tells us that, look, don't do this, you're making a mistake, this is wrong, don't do that, a hypocrite reacts Negatively, arrogantly, dismissively. The hypocrite refuses to accept. That's a trait of hypocrisy. A mu'min, a believer, is humble, receives, is receptive, 
receives, accepts, listens attentively. And if they are genuinely wrong, they come to that realisation. And when they come to that realisation, they resolve never to repeat that thing again. That's the behaviour of a mu'min. But a munafiq, then and ever since, and always, a munafiq reacts. It said to them, don't do this. I'm not doing anything. It's not wrong. I'm not doing anything wrong. In another verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِذَا قِيلَ لَهُ اتَّقِ That when it is said to him, fear Allah, be conscious of Allah, be wary of Allah. What's his response? أَخَذَتُهُ الْعِزَّةُ Arrogance in sin seizes him. Arrogance in sin seizes him. What's the meaning of that? It's this. The person is not bothered about whether they are doing right or wrong, whether they are committing a sin or not. That's not what bothers them. What bothers them is their ego. So if someone points out to them that you shouldn't be doing this, fear Allah, rather than look at the wrong that they are doing and the hurt that they are causing, their first and foremost reaction is, huh? The person's telling me? Their ego is bruised. Their arrogance is pricked. That's what concerns them more than anything else. So arrogance seizes them, not realization, not humility, arrogance. And not just normal arrogance, but arrogance in sin. So the person becomes defiant. Not humble, defiant. So what's the solution for such a person? How do you deal with such a person? How do you make them realize? Well, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us at the end of the verse. So what's the verse? وَإِذَا قِيلَ لَهُ when it is said to him, fear Allah, arrogance in sin seizes him. So then what's the solution? Allah says, فَحَسْبُهُ Jahannam Jahannam is sufficient for him. <coughs> I.e., there probably isn't any solution. So this is the behavior of a munafiq. When it is said to him, do not commit wrong, do not commit sins, do not make mischief, do not spread, do not create, do not cause corruption. The munafiqeen then and ever since and as always reacted with the words, innama nahnu muslihun. As commit sins, as create corruption, no, no, no. In fact, it's the total opposite. We are the reformers. We are the only ones who are doing good. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then says, 
Lo, they, verily, they, they are the corruptors. But they don't realize. This is what happens when a person is arrogant, when a person is corrupt of character. They see truth where there is falsehood, falsehood where there is truth, vice where there is virtue, virtue where there is vice. They see corruption where there is character and character where there is corruption. The total opposite of everything. They see piety where there is sin and sin where there is piety. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, they, indeed they, they are the corruptors but they don't really. Another manifestation of the corruption of the hypocrites at the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, apart from their personal corruption of committing sins, was that they would try to fit in with the believers and then they would also try to be just like and try to fit in with and try to please the enemies of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the believers. And of course that created chaos. So some people would tell them that don't do this and this is another aspect, another manifestation of their corruption. That they would try to be friendly, and good with everybody. Now, that may seem like a noble thing, indeed, if a person is polite and courteous, yes, but not being two-faced. And they were two-faced. So they would come to the believers and say, we are with you. We support you. We are one of you. And then they would go back to there. to others who were the enemies of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They would openly tell them, we are with you. And when others would see this, they would tell them, why are you doing this? This causes corruption, this causes chaos. This is fasad in itself. They would say, innama nahnu muslihun, we are trying to reconcile both parties. We are reformists, meaning we are trying to reconcile both parties. So Allah says, Know that they are the corruptors. Such behavior, such two-facedness, such dishonesty will not lead to reconciliation or harmony. It actually leads to further discord and strife, further corruption, further enmity and greater distance. Because there, there's so much lying, deception and insincerity involved. And that's what they would do. In another verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes them as مُذَبْذَبِينَ بَيْنَ ذَلِكْ لَا إِلَى وَلَا إِلَى They are hovering in between. Neither are they with these people, nor are they with those people. And this is another sign, another trait of hypocrisy. Which is that a person tries not to please Allah the Creator, but tries to please the whole of creation. What will happen? 
It's impossible to please everybody. One. It's impossible to tell everybody what they want to hear. Because there is lying involved. There is deception. And every time a person tells another person what they want to hear, they are lying. And that is probably the greatest trait of hypocrisy. And you will never be able to please everyone. We ourselves don't know what we want all the time. One minute we want this, the next minute we want something else. The next minute we want a third thing. We are unable to please ourselves. How in Allah's name, one individual is unable to please themselves. How is that same person going to be able to please everybody else all the time? It's impossible. And when we attempt to do that, we have to put on a facade. We have to pretend. We have to lie. We have to cheat, deceive. And these are all the traits of hypocrisy. A mu'min does not, and a mu'min cannot behave like that. A mu'min stands for something. A mu'min has principles. A mu'min has credentials. A mu'min is honest and transparent. A mu'min actually says, this is what I believe. This is what I think. This is who I am. This is how I am. This is what I stand for. This is what I support. This is what I believe in. A mu'min does not, and actually by his very character, cannot say different things to different people at different times about his beliefs, his opinions, his preferences, his position, his stance. He belongs to someone. He belongs to the group of mu'mineen. He belongs to the group of believers. They, they have their colour. And what's their colour? Subhatullah, the colour of Allah. That's their colour. They aren't chameleons. Changing colour all the time depending on who they were. That's what the munafiqoon would do. And the munafiqoon thought they were brilliant, that we are so good, we are reformers, we the best. Why are we the best? We're the most intelligent, the most enlightened, the most progressive, because we are good with everyone. We, we are good with Muhammad and his followers, we are good with the uh, others. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says of them, They are hovering in between. Neither are they with these nor with those. And that's the truth. If you try to be with everyone, no one will trust you. No one. Then you're with no one. And everyone will see that. People will have more respect for you if you... Nail your colours to your mast. If you make your position clear, and if you adhere to that stance, they may disagree with you, 
but they will respect you. Just as at the beginning of Surah Al-Baqarah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala devotes three verses to the believers. And then Allah devotes two verses to those who never believed at the time of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa And then Allah devotes 13 verses to the munafiqun. I said 12 last week, that was meaning 8 till 10, but if you include the 8th verse, then that's 13 in total. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala devotes 13 verses to the hypocrites. Why? Because respect to the believers, their position is clear. Those who didn't believe, their position was also clear. But the munafiqun, if you try to be with everyone, no one will trust you. And just, you may think that I am here, I am there, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says himself, neither with these nor with those. If you try to be with everybody, you will be regarded as being with nobody. And that's a trait of a munafiq. So far, this is what the hypocrites would say at the time of the Prophet ﷺ when it was said to them, look, don't do this. Don't pretend to be with these and with those. They would say, We are but reformers. We are doing good. We are but those who try to reconcile. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Lo, they, verily, they, they are the corruptors, but they don't realize. So this is another trait of hypocrisy. So two traits in this verse. Number one, when a person makes mistakes or commits a sin and that's pointed out to them, what do they do? They realize. They don't react and reject. They realize. And they reform. They repent. They repair. They rectify. They resolve never to repeat it. That's what a mu'min does. But a munafiq reacts. Reacts in defiance. Reacts in arrogance. Reacts and then rejects. Rejects any suggestion that they are doing wrong. And that's in mistakes and that's in sins. And not only that, they then twist their sin and make it appear to be a virtue. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, regardless, irrespective of what they say, they are the corruptors. And the second kind of corruption, which is a trait of hypocrisy in this verse, is that the munafiq pretends to be with everyone. The munafiq stands for nothing. And the munafiq is two-faced. A mu'min is not two-faced. And two-facedness, going to this person, telling them what they want to hear, going to that person, telling them what they want to hear, this is what causes chaos, on cor- chaos and corruption. In the short term, it may seem better, but in the long term, it's harmful for everyone. And similarly, when a mu'min is honest, and a mu'min says what needs to be said, in the immediate term, it may seem harmful, but by Allah, in the long term, it's far, far better for everyone. There's no chaos, there's no corruption. Moving on to the next verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمْ آمِنُوا كَمَا آمَنَ النَّاسِ قَالُوا أَنُؤْمِنُوا كَمَا آمَنَ السُّفَهَاءِ أَلَا إِنَّهُمْ هُمُ السُّفَهَاءِ 
Again, primarily Allah is speaking of the hypocrites at the time of the Prophet When it was said to them, believe, as the people have believed. And the people meaning the Sahaba عنهم, the companions, the true sincere believers. So when it was said to the hypocrites, look, believe as the people have believed. Now, they had already professed belief by tongue. So what's the meaning of believe? I become genuine, sincere believers. Stop all this hypocrisy. So when it was suggested to them, when it was said to them, believe as the people have believed, and the people meaning Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, Ali, Al-Ashrat al-Mubashara, the ten promised Jannah. All of the Sahaba, radiyallahu anhum, they are the people being referred to here. Do you know what the hypocrites would say? When it was said to them, believe as the Sahaba, the companions, the people around the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa have believed. From the youngest to the oldest, the, junior, the most junior to the most senior, including Abu Bakr and Umar radiyallahu anhuma, the hypocrites would say amongst themselves, أَنُؤْمِنُ كَمَا آمَنَ should we believe as the fools have believed? They call the Sahaba radiyallahu anhum sufaha. Fools. This is another trait of hypocrisy. To laugh at those who believe. To laugh at those who are trying to do good. To consider those who are trying to please Allah as fools. That's not the behavior of a mu'min. It's the behavior of a munafiq. A mu'min may not be an angel. A mu'min may not be perfect. And wallahi, there are many cases of people all over the world, sinners, wrongdoers. <coughs> Who, when it's pointed out to them that look at the kind of person you are, it's remarkable. It's remarkable. Such people, do you know how they've responded? Wallahi, many, many personal cases that people have related to me. Unbelievable. The person is known to be corrupt, sinful, in different ways. And when it's said to them, this is how you are, this is what you've done, is this what you like? You know what the response is? The person lowers their head in shame, weeps genuine, sincere tears, and says, look, I know I am wrong. I know, I know I'm not good. Pray for me. Please pray for me. That recognition, that realization would lead them to the path of repentance. It will. Because they're not defiant. They're not arrogant. <coughs> and such people, they may not be good themselves, but they see the good in others. 
I mentioned the story a few weeks ago of the leader of a nation, the president of a whole country. He came before one of our great scholars and he sat in front of him in his presence in a state of tashahud, meaning respectfully. And this old scholar pointed out something to him. And this was the president, the leader of a whole nation, with his entourage next to him. And what was his response? He bowed his head in shame and he said, Hazrat, meaning your eminence, this is a weakness in me, please pray for me. And that wasn't any Jack the Lad off the streets. It was a leader of the whole nation who was publicly told by a great scholar that, look, why don't you do this? Why don't you fulfill the sunnah of Rasulullah And his response, even though he was publicly told, lowered his head in shame and with great humility, he said, your eminence, this is a weakness in me. Please pray for me. So such people, they see good in others. They don't regard iman as foolish. They don't regard piety as foolish. They don't regard observance of the laws of Allah and his religion and the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as being foolish. They see that as a virtue. They see that as piety. Though they may not be able to do it themselves. But they recognize that this is the way of Allah. This is the way of his Rasul sallallahu But a munafiq, it's common. This is one of the most, again, this is one of the most infamous traits of hypocrisy. Mocking, joking, <coughs> laughing. Poking fun at the believers. Poking fun at those who do good. And that will come in the next few verses. And to regard others as being foolish. In a hadith related by Imam Muslim, rahmatullahi alayhi, from Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, radiyallahu it's said that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi was asked by someone, Ya Rasulallah, The context is arrogance. So the man said, Ya Rasulullah, a man likes his clothes, his shoes, his appearance, his carriage, his mount, all to be good, to look good. Is this arrogance? Prophet said, No, Allah is beautiful, Allah loves beauty. If a person dresses well, that's not arrogance. If a person adorns themselves, that's not arrogance. If a person has a good horse, a good car, that's not arrogance. True, because that's exactly what the man asked. It's not arrogance to dress well. It's not arrogance to look well. It's not arrogance to present yourself well. Allah is beautiful, Allah loves beauty. 
But the Prophet said, But arrogance is, pride is, the defiance of the truth and holding people in contempt. That's arrogance. Where you look down on others. That's arrogance. That's pride. So what of those who look down on the good and the pious? What of those who laugh at and are contemptuous of the good and the pious. That is not the behavior of a mu'min, that's the behavior of a munafiq. Allah says, And when it is said to them, believe as the people have believed, and the people meaning Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, Ali, and the Sahaba, عنهم, the munafiqun would react immediately by saying, Should we believe as the fools have believed? So in their view, the Sahaba عنهم, were fools. <coughs> And that trait of hypocrisy continues. Someone wishes to practice. Someone wishes to pray. Someone wishes to be good. Someone wishes to dress modestly. People laugh at them, make fun of them, poke fun at them. Believers. So people who claim to believe in Allah and his Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. In one breath, and in the very next breath, they laugh at the ways of Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa If you cannot observe a sunnah, that's your choice. Do not laugh at the sunnah or at those who observe the sunnah. That's their love for Rasulullah sallallahu Because this is not the behavior of a mu'min. This is the behavior of a munafiq. The munafiq regards believers, the pious, the virtuous, and the humble as being foolish. Didn't the Prophet ﷺ say, <coughs> there are many individuals who are disheveled, unkempt in appearance, who are rejected and driven away from the doors, covered in dust, They mean nothing to the people. If that individual was to swear in the name of Allah, Allah would not allow their oath to go unfulfilled. Prophet was seated with the Sahaba. And a man walked past. Prophet ﷺ said, he was a humble person. He said, what do you say of this man? He walked past. Sahaba radiallahu anhu knew him. He was a simple man. So they said, Ya Rasulullah. I'm paraphrasing the hadith. He's a simple person of humble status, of humble stock. When he speaks, nobody listens. Nobody will follow his command. 
if he asks for someone's hand in marriage, it would not be accepted. So his proposal would not even be accepted. Sorry, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Yeah. And before him, sorry, the, another man walked past. And he said, what do you say of this man? He said, Ya Rasulullah, the leader of his people. When he speaks, he is liable to be heard and listened to. When he commands, he is liable to be obeyed. And if he ever asks for someone's hand in marriage, then he is worthy of being married off, meaning people will never reject his proposal, rather they will rush to marry him and get him married. Then the other man walked past, and that's what they said of him. Speaking of the humble man, the Prophet said, By Allah, a world full of that man Sorry, this one man is more beloved to Allah than a world full of the other man. A world full. How we see people is not how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala views them. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu an. Do not laugh at anyone. Wallahi. <coughs> يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمُنُوا لَا يَسْخَرْ قَوْمٌ مِّنْ قَوْمٍ عَسَىٰ أَنْ يَكُونُوا خَيْرًا مِّنْهُمْ وَلَا نِسَاءٌ مِّنْ نِسَاءٍ عَسَىٰ أَنْ يَكُنَّ خَيْرًا مِّنْهُنْ In Surah Al-Hujarat, which I've commented on in detail, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, O believers, let not a group of men amongst you mock another group of men, lest those who are being mocked are better than the, word, than the ones who are ridiculing them. And let not a group of women amongst you mock another group of women, <laughs> lest those women who are being mocked and ridiculed are better than those who are ridiculing them. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu an, he would say about this verse, By Allah, after this verse, I fear even mocking a dog. That was Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu an. And the same Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu an, he was very thin. And he had spindly legs. And he was a personal attendant of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He used to carry his water for wudu. He used to carry his pillow. He used to carry his sandals. He used to carry his staff. He used to carry his siwak. Miswak. So once he climbed a tree in the presence of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam to break off twigs for the miswak for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So he climbed up the tree. Now everyone was watching him, looking at him. As he climbed up the tree, he had uh, a long cloak and the wind was blowing. So the wind, when the wind blew, it exposed his legs, very spindly legs. So it, it was an odd sight that here's someone climbing up the tree, breaking off twigs from uh, the siwak of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The wind suddenly blew. And in that gust of wind, his cloak flapped, and all you could see was his, were his spindly legs. So some of those who were present began laughing at him, 
meaning at the legs. It was, it was a human instant reaction. They just began laughing, not in contempt, but just the sight, the oddity of the whole experience. So the wind blew, the cloak revealed his spindly legs, and they, some of them laughed. Allahu Akbar. The Prophet wasallam said, do not laugh at the legs of Ibn Mas'ud, for by Allah, on the day of reckoning, the spindly legs of Ibn Mas'ud will be heavier and weightier in the scales of Allah than even Mount Uhud. Than even Mount Uhud. Do not laugh at others. What do we know is their position with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Do not laugh at those who are virtuous, pious, practicing, observant. This is what the munafiqun would do. When it was said to them, look, you've professed belief by tongue, but believe truly with your hearts. They would say, Shall we believe as the fools have believed? They regarded the sahaba عنهم, as fools, as idiots. A mu'min, regardless of how he or she may be, himself or herself, <coughs> respects piety, respects virtue, respects the people of virtue and piety, and is humble before them. And a munafiq is arrogant, haughty, self-conceited, and looks down upon others and holds them in contempt, but even more so, he, the munafiq regards the pious, the virtuous, the observant, the practicing, and the people of faith and believe as being idiots and fools, talking like fools and idiots, and looking and dressing like fools and idiots. That is not the behavior of a mu'min. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, they call others sufaha, fools. Lo, they, verily they, they are the idiots. They are the fools. But they don't know. Because the munafiq becomes delusional. The munafiq thinks I'm doing good. Allah says he's a corrupter. But he doesn't realize the munafiq thinks I'm clever and they idiots. Allah says he's the idiot. He doesn't know. To continue with the next verse. When they meet those who have believed. They say we have believed. I, when the hypocrites would meet with the sahaba radiallahu anhum. They would say to them. We are believers just like you. When they would meet with the believers, with those who have believed, they would say, we have believed too. And when they would retreat into seclusion and in privacy with their devils. So Allah doesn't say when they would meet with the believers, 
They would say to them, we are believers just like you. And then when they would meet with others, they would meet with the enemies of the Messenger of Allah, they would meet with the adversaries, they would meet with the other group. Allah doesn't use the word other or anything else. Allah, what term does Allah use for the others? And when they would retreat into seclusion with their shayateen, with their devils. So who were the devils? With their leaders, with their fellow hypocrites, with their fellow enemies and adversaries of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Because Allah says in another verse of the Qur'an, وَكَذَلِكَ جَعَلْنَا لِكُلِّ نَبِيٍّ عَدُوًّا شَيَاطِينَ الْإِنسِ وَالْجِنِّ يُوحِي بَعْضُهُمْ إِلَىٰ بَعْضٍ زُخْرَفِ الْقَوْرِ غُرُورًا And thus we have made for every prophet an enemy. What kind of enemy? Enemies of the devils amongst men and jinn. So shayateen are to be found not just amongst the jinn, but they are shayateen amongst mankind. Just as Allah says, he teaches us, قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ النَّاسِ مَلِكِ النَّاسِ إِلَاهِ النَّاسِ مِنْ شَرِّ الْوَسْوَاسِ الْخَنَّاسِ That we seek refuge in Allah, and we seek his protection from the evil of الْوَسْوَاسِ الْخَنَّاسِ The whispering retreater. الَّذِي يُوَسْوِسُ فِي صُدُورِ النَّاسِ The one who whispers into the souls and the hearts of men. مِنَ الْجِنَّةِ وَالنَّاسِ Of men and jinn. Of jinn and men. So these retreating whisperers, these people who cast doubt and aspersion, these people who sow seeds of doubt, who step in, say a word and step back, these aren't just the shayateen who are giving you wasawis. These are humans too. There are shayateen amongst ints, amongst men. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says when these munafiqun would meet the sahaba radiyallahu anhum, they would say to them, Amanna, we have believed just as you have believed. Subhanallah. In privacy they would say, you want us to believe like the idiots have believed? You want us to believe like the fools have believed? And then when they would meet the sahaba radiyallahu anhum, whom they had been calling fools and idiots, they would say to them, we have believed just as you have. That's a munafiq. And then, وَإِذَا خَلَوْا إِلَىٰ شَيَاطِينِهِمْ When they would retreat into seclusion with their devils, they would say to them, قَالُوا إِنَّا مَعَكُمْ Indeed, we are with you. Indeed, we are with you. إِنَّمَا نَحْنُ مُسْتَهَزِئُونَ We were only joking with the others. I said earlier that the verses will come, would speak of Another trait of the munafiqun, forever laughing, joking, poking fun at the believers, mocking them, ridiculing them. Innama nahnu We are with you. Truly, we are with you. We're not with them. We're just joking with them. We're playing with them. That's what they would say. Allah subhanahu, this is the two-facedness of the munafiqun. This is, again, another trait of hypocrisy. Two-facedness. Lying. You can never please everybody. You can't tell everyone, I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm with you. How can you? You will inevitably lie and cheat and deceive with some. 
And it happens in almost everyday situations. We try to convince every family member that I'm with you. We try to convince every friend of every group that I'm with you. I'm not with anyone else. This is hypocrisy. We listen to what one person says and we go and tell someone else. And we listen to what they say and we come and tell this person. This is two-facedness. We convey the talk of there, here. And we convey the talk of here, there. This is namima. This is carrying tales and gossip. This, in fact, namima is very difficult to translate. This is namima. And such a person is an imam. And the Prophet ﷺ said, an imam will not enter Jannah. A carrier of such tales and gossip, saying one thing here, there, and one thing there, here. That person will never enter Jannah. He passed by a grave and he said to the Sahaba, two graves, and he said to the Sahaba, these two are being punished in their graves. And they aren't being punished for anything major. As for one of them, he was he was careless about purity in heart and hygiene, in cleanliness when he would urinate. And the other, he would carry namima. And this is namima. You go to one party and you say, you know what, I'm with you. And when they share something, the person takes that to the other party and says, oh, you know, he said this, he said that, she said this, she said that. This is damaging. A namam will never enter Jannah. Never. Wailul likulli humazatil lumaza. Woe be unto every humaza. Lumaza, humaza. And one of the definitions of humaza is such a person who does namima, who carries tales, who listens to this person, goes and tells the other what they said. Listens to what they say, comes and repeats that to them. They try to please everybody. Convince everybody that I'm with you. This is, the, this is a trait of nifaq and hypocrisy, not the trait of iman, not the trait of a mu'min. And that's what the munafiqun would do. They would, when they would meet the believers, they would say, we have believed just like you. And when they would meet and retreat into seclusion with their own, whom Allah calls shayateen, their devils, shayateenahim, their devils, they would say, inna they would say, we are with you. Indeed, we are with you. We are but joking, laughing, mocking, playing, jesting with the others. So what does, what's Allah's response to that? Allah is mocking them. Allah is mocking them. How? Meaning the joke's on them. The joke is on them. They think they are deceiving everyone. They are the ones in deception. They think others are idiots. They are the idiots. They think others are fools. They are the fools. They think the joke is on others. The joke is on them. They think they are actually laughing at others. Everyone will soon be laughing at them. Not just in the dunya, but in the akhirah. Allahu yastahzi'u bihim. 
Allah is mocking them. وَيَمُدُّهُمْ فِي تُغْيَانِهِمْ يَعْمَهُونَ And Allah is increasing them in their transgression so that they aim, they wander aimlessly. That's the end result. A hypocrite has no position, no stability, no stance. Like a wild camel is wandering aimlessly from pillar to post. From person to person, from party to party, doesn't stand for anything, thinks they are with everybody, everybody treats them suspiciously, and no one considers them their own. <coughs> By the testimony of Allah, neither are they with these nor are they with those. Look, you will never be able to please everyone. Never. Who is there? Who is there that everyone loves? Everyone, without exception. Who is there? Forget any Muslim. Forget any Mu'min. Let us not even look at Abu Bakr and Umar radiallahu anhumah. They weren't accepted by everybody. Today, there are many of us who weep at the very mention of the name of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu who are inspired by his name, his memory his history, his seerah, his character. We are in awe of Umar ibn al-Khattab, a towering figure. But even Abu Bakr and Umar, there are those who say we believe in Allah and we believe in his Rasul, but as far as Abu Bakr is concerned, he was a zindiq, a heretic. He was a disbeliever. As far as Umar is concerned, he was a heretic and a disbeliever. So even Abu Bakr and Umar are not universally loved. And they are who they are. So let's not even look at the example of Abu Bakr and Umar the shaykhan. Let's look at the example of the best of the whole of creation, the most beloved to Allah of his creation, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Is Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam universally loved? No. Because who he, he was who he was, he has a position, he has a stance, he has a following, he has his people. Billions love him. Billions love him more than they love themselves and their children. Or at least aspire to love him more than they love themselves and their love their and more than they love their children. But countless people loathe Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, hate him, mock him, abuse him, accuse him. None of the messengers of Allah were spared. None. You cannot please everyone. The wife of Nuh alayhi salam. Nuh alayhi salam was a prophet of Allah. And one of the ulul azmi min al-rusul. One of the greatest and the mightiest of the messengers. His own wife. His own wife would mock him and she would say he is majnoon, he is mad.
That was a wife of Nuh None of the messengers of Allah were universally loved or accepted. None. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the creator, is not universally accepted. People mock God. People reject God. People mock God. People blaspheme against God. So if Allah and his Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam haven't been spared, how can we or any one of us aspire to and hope to be loved by everyone and work towards that by lying, cheating, deceiving, being two-faced, telling this person I'm with you, that person I'm with you. We will never be able to satisfy and please everyone. Never. No one is universally loved. No one. And when a person tries to be loved by everyone, accepted by everyone, to be all things to everyone, they will be lost, truly lost, as Allah says. Allah increases them in their transgression, wandering aimlessly from person to person, pillar to post, party to party, group to group. They will never be accepted by anyone. This is why if you wish to be accepted, if you wish to be loved, aim to be loved and accepted by Allah the Creator. That's all. And when a person is loved by Allah and accepted by Allah, then that person is loved by those who matter. And those who don't love them don't matter. As the Prophet ﷺ says in the hadith, when Allah loves a person, Allah summons the angels and tells them, I love this person, you love him too. So the angels announce in the heavens, Allah loves this person, you love him too. And then the people of the heavens, the angels, love that person. And then acceptance and love for that person is also placed and spread on earth. But it doesn't mean everyone loves him. No. The good love him. The virtuous love him. The pious love him. So the, the people of Allah love that person. Even they are not universally accepted. But it's the love of Allah and the people of Allah that matters. Not anyone else's. Acceptance. Not at all. And when a person tries to please everyone, that's a trait of a munafiq. That person will be left wandering aimlessly. They will be aimless. No one to go to. No one to go. وَإِذَا خَلَوْا إِلَىٰ شَيَاطِينِهِمْ قَالُوا إِنَّا مَعَكُمْ إِنَّمَا نَحْنُ مُسْتَهْزِئُونَ اللَّهُ يَسْتَهْزِئُ بِهِمْ وَيَمُدُّهُمْ فِي تُغْيَانِهِمْ يَعْمَهُونَ Allah says when they retreat to their devils, they say we are with you. We are only joking and jesting. Allah jests with them. Allah is mocking them. And Allah increases them in their transgression. So they are aim wandering aimlessly. And the final verse... Meaning the final verse of today, 
أولئك الذين اشتروا الضلالة بالهدى فما ربحت تجارتهم وما كانوا مهتدين These people, they have purchased misguidance and deviation in payment of guidance. They have purchased misguidance for guidance. So they made a trade. They bought and sold. They bartered. They've made an exchange. They've given up something and paid a price to get something else. So what has been their trade? What have they given up to get what? Allah says, they've given up and they've paid the price of and they've given away and they've made the payment of huda, guidance. That's a price they've paid. And what's the good they've received in return? Deviation. Misguidance. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Their trade, their business wasn't profitable. And nor were they ones to find guidance. Throughout the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses the terms and the terminology and the language of business, of trade, of buying, of selling, of purchasing, of exchanging, of bartering. Because this is so catchy for the humans. We're always talking about money. We're always talking about wealth. We're always talking about with buying and selling. We're obsessed with possessions and belongings and assets and money and wealth. We are. And Mecca was a commercial trading center. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses the commercial language of Mecca al-Mukarramah to help, and for the Arabs in general, to help them understand. In a hadith, Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Ala inna sil'atullahi ghaliyah Know that the produce, the products, the wares of Allah are expensive. So what's the wear of Allah? What's the product of Allah? What's the produce of Allah? What's the good that Allah has on display? Jannah. Allah's good, Allah's product that he wishes to sell is Jannah. But the Prophet ﷺ said the product of Allah is expensive. So there's, there's a lot of commercial language in the Qur'an. فَمَا رَبِحَتْ تِجَارَتُهُمْ وَمَا كَانُوا مُحْتَدِينَ Allah says these, munafiqun, the hypocrites, they've purchased misguidance in payment of guidance. So their trade wasn't profitable and they weren't guided. I'll, I'll end here for today. The verses continue. So just to recap, so far some of the traits that we've learnt about of the hypocrites at the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa at least in these verses, and traits which persist, and that we should be very fearful of, because these are the traits of hypocrisy. They are, what are the, some of these traits? Khidar, deception. Lie. The failure to realize when they make mistakes and when it's pointed out to them, failure to accept that 
correction. And then, instead of realizing their error, rejection and defiance and arrogance in sin. That's another trait of hypocrisy. Delusional thinking, whereby a person is causing chaos and corruption, and yet believes and tells others that I am doing good. Another trait, mocking, laughing at, holding in contempt, and considering those who do good and practice and observe their religion. They regard them as being fools and idiots. That is not the trait of a mu'min, that's another trait of nifaq and hypocrisy. Being two-faced, another trait of hypocrisy. Very clear. And mocking, playing games, jesting, laughing at the believers and the good and the pious. That's another trait of hypocrisy. And these are traits that we've just we've picked up just from these few verses so far. Just these few verses. And I'll mention one more thing about the final verse. Another trait of hypocrisy is short-sightedness. Not physical myopia, but short-sightedness as far as the dunya and the akhirah are concerned. How? A believer looks at the bigger picture, looks at the akhirah. That's a trait and the characteristic of iman. But characteristic of hypocrisy is short-term gain, immediate, instant gratification. So all they are bothered about is getting what they want immediately. No consideration of the greater picture. No consideration of the long-term consequences. No farsightedness. Instant, immediate gratification. That's all. This is why Allah says, فَمَا رَبِحَتْ تِجَارَتُهُمْ Their trade wasn't profitable because what did they exchange for what? They could have had guidance and the bliss of the akhirah and the eternal bliss and felicity and happiness and reward of the akhirah. But no, they sold that for the instant, immediate gratification and pleasure of the dunya. That short-sightedness, short-term gain, Instant and desire for instant and immediate gratification is not the behavior of a mu'min. It's not the vision of a mu'min. It's not the sight of a mu'min. Of a mu'min. That is the vision and the short-sightedness of a munafiq. Who gives away the gold of the akhirah for the lead and the rock and stone of this world. This is another trait, short-sightedness. All that matters to the munafiq is that I get what I want now 
I couldn't care less what happens afterwards. This is why they wander aimlessly. They have no path. They have no vision. They have no direction. They have no goal, no objective, except for the instant goal and objective, which changes from moment to moment. I pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enables us to understand. May Allah protect us from all of these traits of hypocrisy. May Allah make us amongst the, hum- make us amongst the humble, believing servants who are beloved to him and accepted by him. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us sincere in our belief, in our words, in our speech, in our deeds. Wa sallallahu wa sallam ala abdihi wa rasulih nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika shadu wa la ilaha illa ant. Astaghfiruka wa atubu.